Hey guys, you're listening to The Vessel, and I want to welcome you back to episode three of the series entitled, While We Wait, Understanding the Fundamentals of Our Faith Amid Uncertainty. I'm so excited to be back um, for another great conversation. Um, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from family and friends about the content, so I'm just thankful that God has allowed me to use this platform to just kind of get my thoughts out in the open and to spark some conversations among people that are close to me and hopefully even extend this beyond uh, people that I actually know. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity to do that Um, and excited about today and our topic uh, that we have coming up. So today we're going to talk about the fundamental of hope. Um, and what hope really means in our faith and how we can better understand uh, the importance of hope and then how to kind of identify what hope is and define what it is and then put it into action um, and what that looks like in our real life. And as I did last episode, I want to start with the question to ponder um, from our episode on love. So we got into a great conversation. My dad was my special guest on the last episode. And so that was fun to get a new perspective, a new voice. Um, Because again, I I like to emphasize that our Christian journey is about experiences, right? Experiences not only with, um, with others, but most importantly, your experience, your own personal experience and relationship um, with God. And so it all looks different. We, you know, I grew up in the house with my dad. And so um, I know how he is. I know who he is. But um, our experiences uh, and our walks and our journeys are different. Um, but that's what makes it so special. So I was happy to have him um, to join me on the last episode. So the, the question that I asked um, that we left off with last week on um, the love edition was, what are key components of healthy love? So that can be in terms or in the context of a relationship with your spouse, with your partner, with your friends, your parents, um, and then ultimately um, your relationship with Christ. And so I'll start with kind of my answer to that. So what are key components of healthy love? And so what I came up with are three things, those three things being communication, consistency, and then also the elimination of conditions. Okay. And so on the element of communication, of course, communication is key in any type of relationship that you're in. And in an effort to really show love and action, I think communication is imperative to that. And what I mean by that, if I look at um, in the context of a friend, um, you know, even friendships, uh, you have to properly communicate uh, with them, you know, in order to maintain a healthy relationship. So you want to make sure that you're properly communicating your feelings, that you are saying how, you know, things are really affecting you. If uh, things need to change, uh, you have to properly communicate that. And then also when we talk about um, communication in terms of a partner, of a significant other, of a spouse, we all know that communication is huge. If I'm upset about something, I need to be able to Um, tell my partner that because if I don't then you know we go about things as if nothing's wrong but really inside that we haven't we're having issues but if we haven't communicated that that's unfair to the other person so in order to really put love into action and to understand your love for someone else we have to be able to communicate that and then we think about communication with Christ 
um, the, the ultimate way to show your love to Christ, in my opinion, is through constant communication with him. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about prayer in another episode, but being in constant communication with with God, whether it's a casual conversation while you're, you know, getting dressed in the morning or on your way to work, or if it's in an intimate prayer uh, place where you pray with God and or pray to God, and it may just be, um, you know, uh, a simple prayer that you pray to him. But um, the way that you can show you love him is by communing with him. Um, the other word is consistency. I think that goes hand in hand, uh, being consistent, uh, being present with, with your partner, with the, with the person that you have that relationship with. And it doesn't have to always be an intimate relationship with somebody, but just being consistent um, in, in your efforts of showing love, I think is, is, is a great example of a, of a healthy love um, partnership or relationship with the person. Um, I think about my friendships. I have friends that I've known all of my life. I have friends that I've known in my adult life or friends that I just met or whatever the case may be. And I think part of developing and building a relationship with someone is that consistency. So what I started off doing in the beginning, you have to be able to maintain it. So that's why it's so important to be authentic in the beginning of any type of relationship. And let's, let's talk specifically about our journeys with Christ. Okay. He knows that sometimes we fall off the wagon. I've, I've admitted that um, countless times that, you know, throughout this journey, in this walk with Christ, I've had instances to where, you know, I have parted from him. I have not talked to him, communicated with him. I have not been consistent with my relationship. And so that shows, um, but you have to remember that once you start doing something, you want to be able to keep that up. And that's a great way, um, to show you love someone is when you are consistent with it. There is no second guessing, or I'm having to guess, whether or not this person loves me or, you know, if this person loves me holistically or whatever the case may be, if I'm consistent with what I'm doing, that is a direct indication of love and action. And so I'm so excited um, about that. So one of the things uh, or the final thing that I would uh, add to this is the elimination of conditions with love. And we talked in detail about unconditional love on the last episode. And I think this is a key element. Christ has loved us and he, he has commanded us to love our neighbor and love, you know, the per, our, our, our neighbors um, as he has, has, as he has loved us. And sometimes that can be difficult. Um, but when we take those conditions off, when we break the chains of, you know, I love you because that's when we really start to see love in action. That's when we really start to fulfill uh, the commandment that God has given us. And that sometimes as easy as it's said, Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do, right? Um, but we have to work through that and, and make ourselves aware of the conditions that we put on certain relationships. Now, I'm not saying you can't set boundaries for yourself on how you love someone because, again, as I've stated, God gives us wisdom, too, through our experiences on, on knowing how to handle people. But we should always do that in a spirit of love. Um, we should always keep that at the forefront. And, and so those three things, um, in my opinion, are three uh, components of healthy love within any relationship that you may have. So proper communication, being consistent, and then eliminating the conditions um, that we put on certain relationships. So that was just a good question to kind of allow you to ponder as we uh, closed out our last episode. So let's 
jump right into hope. Let's jump right into defining what hope is. I love starting um, I love starting these discussions with the definition because it gives us a foundation, right? And so in my research of, of, of really studying what hope is, I called around, asked around to some friends about what they would say hope is. And so some of the responses I got is um, hope is the desire uh, that something will happen. So it's your desire that something uh, in particular will, um, will happen. And so uh, we look at at hope as um, when you have this idea of something, when you are yearning for something, um, you are anticipating something happening. And so for myself personally, um, I look at hope as um, this anticipation of something good happening out of it. You know, it's, it's a confidence almost like I might be in this situation, but I have this confidence that I'm going to come out of it or you know, there is some positivity to look forward to. So something to um, to look forward to is my definition of, of really what what hope is. Um, when we think about it in the context of, of action, we look at it as you have this desire and you add the ex um, the expectation to it. So here's what I desire. And then this is what I want to be the result of that thing. And so uh, I think that's a good foundational um definition of of what hope really is and so as i started to think about certain instances in which we utilize the word hope um i think that uh, we use it in everyday language i hope that this doesn't happen or i hope that we can xyz we use that pretty commonly in our everyday language and so um when we when i think about where we are right now in the world so you know while we're waiting on this coronavirus or covid-19 to pass or for us to get through it you know we're hoping for some sort of normalcy um to happen as a result of this and as i was talking to a friend you know even for that uh, in particular, when we think about this moment that we're in right now, we were discussing, you know, normal, normal, what is normal? We don't want to go back to, you know, what normal was before all this happened. You know, this world is, is, is crazy. Um, and it's a lot of things that are good in it, but it's a lot of bad too. And so we're hoping that we come out of this, uh, pandemic with a new normal, um, a more positive normal, you know, we're realizing, um, kind of some things that uh, were brought to light. Uh, my friend mentioned uh, seeing more kids in the neighborhood playing in their yards and getting out more, um, you know, just experiencing the moment. You know, families are eating dinner at the tables together because there's nowhere to go. There's no restaurant to go. You don't have to go pick up food. You're cooking food more, um, you know, in these family settings. And I know I'm not naive to to think that there aren't situations where this is the worst thing that could have happened to families where they may be in abusive situations or kids might not, you know, have the resources they need at home to be successful in school. I've, I've recognized that even in my own uh, career that not all students have the same access. And so there are, there are lots of things that have transpired, but even in that you see cell phone companies or internet providers that are making it to where, you know, low income areas have access to, to, to internet. So there are hot spots everywhere. So there is a lot of good that is coming from this. And, and a lot of things that we're realizing that can happen. People who don't have food or cannot get food 
these companies are making it to where they're providing meals. You know, we have schools that are providing meals to their students that can't get their meals um, at home as, as um, you know, as frequently or often as they would at school. And so we are seeing the work of God and God's hand in the midst of all of this, you know, these trials and these tribulations that we are experiencing because of the pandemic. And so I think that this, this idea of hope is really saving us because it's like, I know that there is something good that can come from this. And so from all of this, hope is really rooted in God. We must rejoice in hope. We must understand the source of our hope and, and what that is. Our hope comes um, from God. It's actually a gift from God. It's provided to us by the grace of God. Um, and that is such a wonderful um, just thought and idea that as Christians, God gives us this little glimmer of light. Um, and when I think about hope, I think about it in the context of light. So when things may seem dark or may seem um, uncertain, the word that we've, we've heard so often now, and even in, in, in the tagline of this series, amid uncertainty, we can rest assured that God is our source of hope to get to the other side. And so um, th the other piece of that is if we look at the importance of hope, um, hope is necessary to persevere, to hope, you know, when we think about the word persevere, it means to get through something, um, to get across to the other side. Romans 8 and 25 tells us this, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Man, that is a powerful verse when we think about it. And it goes on in even in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. These scriptures really help us to understand um, the importance of hope um, in our daily lives. Um, one of the things that I, I've found in just kind of, you know, my study of these scriptures about hope is that the word of God is written in order to produce hope. So when you look at your Bible and you look at all the examples that are woven throughout that provides us with this idea of what hope is and how God is the source of that, um, it's really amazing and kind of eye-opening to see where we are. In Romans 15 and 4, it says this, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, may have hope. This is just a testament of who God is to us and who God is in our lives. Um, it gives us that that hope that things will be better or things will get better. Um, and that leads me to my next point. Um, if we look at hope in the context of, of, of the, the right now, the here and now, right? We, we hope for progression in our careers. We hope that our children are, you know, will be fine or be better. Uh, we hope that our grandchildren will live prosperous lives. Uh, we hope for all these different things. I want to be wealthy. I want to provide for my family. Um, you know, I hope that I can take care of my rent this month. I hope that I can cover my bills. I hope that, you know, what this decision that I made is for the, the betterment of my life. All of these things that we are that we are hoping for. That's that's good. Right. But I but our hope has to evolve beyond 
the here and now. So what do I mean by that? I think that hope expands beyond this life, right? If we look at scripture, um, it will help us to understand that statement. It says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 19, it says this. It says, if we are, excuse me, if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. I'll read it again because I had to read it twice. Actually, I had to read it more than twice um, because I didn't quite understand it at first. But it's becoming clear now that before this study, I was kind of thinking of hope as really one dimensional. It's, it's this this right now, you know, God, I might be struggling in a certain area, but it'll be fine soon. Uh, and that's the extent of which my idea of what hope was when in actuality, hope extends far beyond right now. And so 1 Corinthians 15 and 19 says this again. It says, if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. And so what I get from that is we're talking about eternity now. That's a word that I bring up uh, quite often in these fundamental um, talks is because eternity is forever. Our after this earthly life, that's forever. And so we can really truly find our hope and experience hope in what's after we, we leave this earth, right? And so we have to be conscious of that. We have to, to know that even in this, in this moment, there is a forever that waits for us. And that gives me so much joy because I know that this is not the end. You know, as a Christian, I have accepted Christ into my life. You know, my salvation is there. And so I know that God truly saved me, right? He truly saved me. I have professed that. I have given my life to Christ. I'm on this journey. And so my hope is that after this is all over, that I can I can be with Christ and live this eternal life. Um, and so it is uh, it's quite comforting to uh, to know that uh, that we find that now if I talk about all of the great things about having hope and experiencing hope and understanding what hope is, um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk through the flip side of hope, hopelessness, right? Um, that is such a, every time I hear it out loud, that word out loud, I, I, I get chills in my body because I've experienced it. Um, it's not often, and really there's only one time that I can really remember even expressing that out loud because you don't want to alarm anybody. You don't want people thinking, you know, you might be experiencing suicidal thoughts or anything like that. And I'm not discrediting people that do, um, that wasn't necessarily my case, but this feeling of hopelessness kind of came over me and I was sharing with a friend, we were out to lunch and a really close friend of mine and you know, we we're just talking about life. We always catch up, you know, things were just happening so fast. We finally had a moment to to go and just kind of catch up with each other. And we always just talk about um, we typically at some point we talk about our, our journeys because that's something we had in common, just the ups and downs of following God. And so as I was talking, it was like I had this realization in that moment of talking to her 
uh, that I was experiencing some hopelessness. And it was in the context, and I'm going to be very transparent <clears throat> through my experience of telling this, but it was when I started to think about uh, companionship and sharing my life and what that looks like for me. And I just felt hopeless in that moment because I could not see that happening for me. It was like, uh, you know, a, a lot of different factors that went into that. Um, not because I didn't feel like I was necessarily worthy of being loved. I have, you know, I am very blessed and, uh, to have a family that loves me. I have great friends, you know, just from all angles, you, you know, from the outside eye, no one would ever think that, you know, I would experience um, this feeling and such a strong feeling of hopelessness. And so I, I started to talk to my friend. I'm just talking out loud and having these realizations in that moment. It's like you're prospering. Here I am prospering in so many different areas of my life. So from my career, my family life, my friends are all doing well. They're getting married, having babies, getting degrees and starting new businesses, finding passions. And all of these things were great in my world. And even for myself personally, all things were good, but I chose to focus on the one area that had not been fulfilled um, in my life in terms of what I desired. And so this was, you know, the the actual thing was, will I ever get married? Will I find companionship or relationship of any, you know, of that of that magnitude? And I could not see it. So I was not hopeful that that would happen to me. I started to pinpoint insecurities that I was experiencing. You know, I don't look good enough. I don't do this. I don't all of these things just kind of this negative self-talk that I was I was experiencing. And so instead of really asking God to help me through that moment, I kind of got down on myself and it's like, am I even, am I, am I at the point to where I'm even ready to experience that? Maybe that's what it is. And so, you know, as my friend was kind of trying to encourage me and she did encourage me in that moment is to trust in God's plan, trust in the will of God because one thing that I've discovered recently is, are you really prepared for what you desire? Man, you think you know what you want, but are you really prepared? Are you at that moment to where you're ready to receive those blessings? I can't remember who I was talking to about that, but um, that was like a light bulb. It's like, okay, you need to focus on you. You need to focus on talking with God about this thing that you desire and allow God's will to manifest in your life. Stop trying to control every aspect of your life. Allow it to happen organically in how it was designed to, designed to happen. And I think after that conversation, my eyes were really open to, um, to what God is really doing in my life. And, you know, I'm in that season of waiting. And I'm okay with that. I'm waiting for the moments to happen as they should. And I'm not trying to control or navigate or, or get my hands on these things. They're, they're going to happen how they're supposed to happen and what it's supposed to look like. So I trust that. I'm hopeful now um, that these things are going to happen how they, how they should. And I, I'm comfort in that. Um, I, I have a confident expectation that God will fulfill his promises to me. Whatever his desire is that I'm experiencing, it will be fulfilled. 
whatever that looks like for God, it will be. And I'm trusting um, that he will um, he will uphold his promise to me. And I know that to be true. And so through hope, I've discovered that. And I'm, I'm so excited about the possibilities. So as we move forward in talking about um, fortifying our hope, um, first Peter talks to us a little bit about that. First Peter chapter one um, and 13, it says, therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? Nothing fortifies our hope better than those wonderful passages that reveal the eternal destiny of our saints, of the saints, excuse me. And so I'm encouraged to know that um, through this hope that God provides to us, he is the source of hope. Um, you know, it's a gift from God to us is there is something greater. There is something greater. And we, we can think about it one dimensionally as in there are, there are greater things here on earth, but there is also something greater on the other side. And that's eternity. That's the forever. As Christians, that's what we should be hoping for. We should find that <clears throat> the greater on the other side um, is that hope for eternal life. Um, I'm so I'm so excited about that. Um, and I'll end with these things. <clears throat> I find myself saying this quite often when I'm talking to different people. Um, they ask me about, you know, why do I believe in God? Why do you know, why do I find being a Christian satisfying or fulfilling or any of those things? And my my answer <clears throat> typically is along the lines of, you know, when I first found God for myself, it was it was a feeling. It was an experience. It was something that I felt throughout my body. Um, it was a physical feeling, you know, even without seeing physically seeing God and seeing this being of what, you know, God is described to be. I still experienced him. And that was that was all I needed. I needed something to believe in. I needed something to hope for. And God was it for me. Um, I know God to be real in my life. I know God to be um, just very present in my life. Just I, I feel his presence. I feel when he's with me and when he's comforting me, when I'm down or when I'm happy, it's like this, this overarching feeling of, of just the spirit of God. And I'm just, I'm just, I, I feel better knowing that I have God with me and knowing that I believe in, in, in God. And sometimes that's not enough for people. Um, you know, the, the scripture starts in Genesis one and one, and that's where my faith begins. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, I feel very uh, comfortable in talking about that. And there are a lot of uncertainties. There are a lot of questions about the faith that I still have. Some things don't make sense. Some things in my mind logically does not add up, but I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm, I'm constantly searching for more. I'm searching for answers. I'm searching for direction. And God provides that for me. And so I always say this, I say at the end of this life, when I die, when I'm, when I'm gone, when I'm no longer here on earth and I die and I find out that none of this was real, that 
God wasn't real or any of this stuff to heaven or, you know, all hell. None of that was real. I'll just sit in my grave six feet under my body, whatever. And that's it. <clears throat> no harm done. Right. And believing in God. Right. I didn't lose anything for believing in God. But on the flip side of that. If I choose not to believe, not to know who God is, not to have him in my life, not to accept him as my personal savior. And I die and I find out that it's all true. Then what? Right. And, on the, on, and even in that same context, if I have believed in God and known God to be my savior all of this time here on earth and I find out that it, it is indeed and I know that to be true. When I die and I go to heaven, what have I gained? I've gained everything. I've gained, I've gained everything. And that's a chance I'm going to take. And that's just the bottom line. And I think that's a great stopping point there because I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about that. I'm always, it's like a reassurance to me. Every time I think about eternity, every time I think about that moment, it's just a reassurance of what I have to look for, that hope. So the final question today is this. In the midst of these strange, uncertain times that we're experiencing right now where the world is kind of on pause, what are three things that you hope for coming out of this situation, coming out of this pandemic what are three things that you're looking forward to or that you hope for? And so consider those things throughout the week. Um, I hope that something was said today that, um, you know, kind of sparks some some self-reflection and, and kind of sparks some dialogue um, with yourself or with others um, about hope and what that really means. So while you're waiting, consider those things. And until next time, peace.